Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Danny Ball. Danny is an actor, theatre director and playwright. He's currently directing and producing a play at KXT called Tom at the Farm. And later in the year, he also has a play that he wrote titled The Italians being performed at Belvoir's 25A Theatre. I will link everything below um, with all the information for these plays if you'd like to go along. As per usual, if you do enjoy this episode, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I will link all of our social media below. Give us a follow on Instagram. We'd love to have you. And without further ado, let's jump in. Danny, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today amongst your busy schedule for your play that's happening at the moment. Um, How are you doing? I am good. Thanks for having me, Rachel. It's, um, It's awesome to be here. Um, how am I doing? Was that your question? Yeah. How am I doing? <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, it's going really well. So the play Tom at the Farm, uh, I am producer and director, which is awesome, but it just means a lot of juggling yeah. and switching hats, you know? Oh yeah. It's yeah. The whole switching hats thing. I mean, it's, it's great when you get to do multiple things and have a say in multiple things, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's exhausting. Yeah, and I feel like multiple hats is becoming more and more my life mm. and my creative practice. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I feel like you know, you well, if you start off an actor, pretty soon you start to just develop other interests. You diversify what you do, your skill set, other ways to be involved, creative, tell stories. And yeah, I feel like that's, I'm in that kind of process at the moment. Yeah. I don't know if you have that similar kind of experience. Yeah, I have that exact experience and it's, it's tough. Like, um, I'm more with like, uh, screen acting. So I really like to, like, when I get onto set, I'm like, okay, this is where my producer self leaves you. (laughs) And I become the actor because I think, yeah, to be on set and I really admire people who can act and direct something and do it well because to be you know doing a scene and then jumping behind the camera and being okay like okay let's you know do this and cameraman you need to do this like Mm. it's a lot yeah Um, huge so yeah to be able to just concentrate on like okay I'm the actor now but you know leading up to in development and pre-production and post-production I really like being involved and Mm. you know I think because being an actor you do have things to say about what would suit something or look good or Mm. what have you so yeah it's very interesting but it's draining that's for sure yeah it takes a lot and I feel like producing writing directing all kind of informs my practice and the way that I go about my my career as an actor Mm. I feel like it only helps you know at the end of the day to be able to understand multiple perspectives and not just you know your kind of solo track through through something you know oh definitely you can understand why the director is like hey Mm. like I know this feels weird but we need you to do this so it looks like this on screen whereas when you're an actor you're like no but my character wouldn't do that you're like shut up yeah yeah shut (laughs) up and make it work yeah yeah so yeah well we usually start off um where I ask you Mm -hmm. where did your interest in the entertainment industry first start out 
Nice. Well, I always wanted to be an actor. I feel like it's baked into my DNA. So when I was like four years old, I said, I'm an actor. I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> um, and, you know, I used to make performances when I was that young for my parents. And I used to get kids over like who lived in the in the um, in the area. And we used to like make shows and film things on our, you know, shitty little um, camera that we had. So for me, it was just like never a decision or never something I had to think about too much, just from, you know, from, from a very young age, I was like, oh yeah, this is my thing. Mm. Like I'm an actor, which is, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it is nice yeah. to have something that forever you're just like, this is mm. what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I really, like I feel for people who do go into their adulthood and who are in their 30s or 40s and are like, I still don't really know mm. what I want to do or what yeah. my passion is. And that must be really hard. Yeah. I don't know how they navigate that essentially. And I do really mm. admire people who come to, um, you know, the creative industry and acting as well later in life mm. because, you know, they figure their shit out and go, no, I really do want to be an actor. But you know, sim similar to you, I really, from a young age, it's always been, oh, yeah, I like drama. I like mm -hmm. acting and that's what I'm going to do. And so you just yeah. keep following that interest, essentially. Totally. And I really like that idea that you said about, you know, respecting people who come into the industry later because we're so obsessed generally with youth mm. and freshness <laughs> and like yeah. this kind of this kind of idea which permeates a lot of things in the industry, which is like, oh, this person just uh, showed up and like rolled out of bed and they've never <laughs> acted and now like look at them and mm. or kind of, oh yeah, the, I didn't do any work. I just kind of showed up, you know, this this kind of thing. So yeah, I agree. I, I love it when people come into the game later in life with experience and who have a point of view and who are, are not afraid to to work and to show up, you know? Yeah. So admirable. I just, yeah, I love that. Definitely. I think, you know how you do acting classes and there's usually that one person who is significantly older than everyone else in mm. the class? That must take balls yes. to turn up to that class yes. and to be like, I'm going to be here with a bunch of young people, especially if they're really young and, you know, mm. fresh out of high school and still in that kind of like, mm. I'm experiencing being an adult and it's crazy, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, it must, I just really... I don't know if I could do it if I was, mm. you know, an older person looking at getting into acting and mm. going, oh, I'm going to have to show up to these classes. Yeah. Like, what are they going to think of me? I'm this older person. Yeah, it must. Yeah, I just I, I don't even know what that feels like. And mm. it's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It takes guts for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so you grew up in Melbourne, I right? Did. Yes. I've done. Melbourne I've done boy. my googling. You've, you've done your googling. <laughs> yes, Melbourne boy. Yeah. So, and you studied at a Melbourne university. Firstly, is that correct? You have done your homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did before I moved to Sydney. I studied uh, Bachelor of Arts at Melbourne Uni. Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting. So you went to Melbourne Uni and then you've also yes. done NIDA as well. Correct. Was that a lot of study for you? Because <laughs> I feel like when I did my three years at uni, I was like, okay, done. Like I don't, I can't comprehend mm. doing like a three year long course again. So like mm. what was the impetus for you to do a whole another three years of study 
And mm. yeah, how, how was that doing so much study on the arts, I guess? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is that I didn't complete my Bachelor of Arts okay. from the <laughs> University of Melbourne, but I got pretty close to it. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was there for quite a few years. And the good thing about that is that I did heaps and heaps and heaps of student theatre. So I just did play after play after play. And that was an awesome training experience and a learning experience, just doing, 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 doing. And so then I felt like that put me in a really good position when I got into NIDA. And I was 24 when when I started at NIDA, which is, you know, it's not young, but it's you know, I don't know. It's not 18. Let's say that. Mm, yeah. And so I felt like I'd had all of this experience. So when I came to NIDA at 24, I was just like ready to rock and roll. Do you know what I mean? I was mm. like, I'm here to learn. I love this. I get to do this every day. I, I am grateful for this experience and I value it so deeply. So it was just like, let's do it. Yeah. And I love study as well. I like oh, study. Oh, do you? Yeah, I, I like don't. study. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not for everyone, you know. Yeah. It's certainly not for everyone. And I just, I don't know what it is about, like, I think I know the way that I like to work. And so I think at one stage it was helpful to learn a whole bunch of different ways to work. Mm. But I also, I think I'm just a bit defiant, unfortunately. And I'm like, Fuck yeah, yeah, like... I guess we can do it that way, but this is boring, you know? So yeah, I really struggled, but I, that's such a great way to go into study Mm. with what you were saying is that, yeah, I'm like, I'm ready for this. I know what I want out of this course. Mm. Whereas I think um, when I went to uni and did a performance degree, I didn't know what I wanted out of it other than the fact that I was like, I'm an actor yeah. and we have to get a degree. Here I am. Yeah. Were, you, were you quite young when you... Yeah, I was 18. What? So young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was that annoying kind of like, <laughs> I'm an actor yeah, running yeah, around yeah. uni yeah, in, with like yeah. no shoes on. Totally. Because it was in Wollongong and yeah. so, you know, we don't wear shoes What's in that? Wollongong. <laughs> I wondered what the link was with shoes in Wollongong. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. No shoes in Wollongong. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. So, um, yeah. And I think that I kind of learned what I wanted out mm. of being an actor and what I wanted to contribute to the industry from just life experience. But it sounds like from you doing NIDA, that's kind of where you found that and where you were kind of discovering more of that stuff for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I went to NIDA, I knew myself pretty well Mm -hmm. and I knew myself as an actor Mm. and I was like, I'm here to build the skills that I want to build and then I'm getting out of here and I'm doing the things that I want to do. Right. You know what I mean? So I felt like it wasn't like a huge like exploration of myself and, and my identity changed. I was like, no, like I'm an actor. I'm here to learn for three years, you know, bada bing, bada boom, let's go, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand that. And it sounds like it was a great way to approach that course because Mm. I think people can, you know, when you are uh, studying from people that you look up to and, you know, um, at specific courses which are renowned, um, sometimes you can take people's words as Bible and think, oh, okay, if they're going to criticize me on how I'm approaching this character, you know, maybe you do need the criticism, but I um, think that 
there have been a fair few instances which, yeah. you know, people have struggled as an actor afterwards because oh. they're basing their worth on what these, you know, tutors are saying. And I don't Absolutely. think it's like the tutor's fault either. They're not telling you like, I'm God, listen to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think when you do go into an acting course, um, yeah, sometimes we can tend to be like, tell me, tell me what I'm worth. And that's yep. not the point of it. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not so. at all. I, this is really like exposing now because I'm, I'm a nerd, but we did this one unit at NIDA um, with this one particular teacher and I was like, I don't think this process works. I don't <laughs> think this technique works. Mm -hmm. I think this is actually not useful. Mm -hmm. And so I said, right, I'm just going to do everything they say. I'm going to follow it through to the very end exactly as it's described to me. And then at the end when we did our scenes, I was like, I think I did a shit job mm. and I was right that this doesn't work. And so, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I literally wrote an essay for myself. No one saw it about why this didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God. What I are, love what are, it what are people, Because I was like, okay, you're offering me this. I'll see it out. I'll see it through. Great. I knew it wasn't going to work. It didn't work. And these are the reasons why it mm. didn't work rather than just being like, this sucks or like, this is crap. I was like, well, no, now I know why this is not practical and useful for me as an actor. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the best way that you can approach something by saying no to it. You go, no, but here's why. Yeah. Not like you totally. were saying like, nah, I don't like it. Yeah. That like nah. petulant kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And which... also just in terms of like institution, institutions in general are like hellish places, no matter mm. where you are. So like, yeah. Not to not to paint, you know, the particular drama school that I went to, you know, that it was like this incredible heaven. No, like institutions are fucked in general. Mm. And there's so many challenging things about them. So, yeah, I think, know. well, with, you know, with wanting to teach you stuff, they also need money to do that. And so it is built on funding and money yeah, yeah. and getting people to buy what they're selling as right. well as you know giving you something it's not that's right yeah so i i can agree with that and i think from my perspective i've learned a lot of how i like doing acting just from doing like one-on-one -on -one coaching and being like mm. hey what specifically works for me like i don't care in a group scenario what we're all going to try out because I've done that so many times yes. and it's, it's fallen so short for me because I'm like, I just don't feel like I'm getting it. I just don't feel like I'm offering my best performance in this situation. Yes. And so, yeah, I really encourage people. I think it is good to do those courses which teach you the very basics of acting and like different techniques and whatever mm. and you get to experience stuff with different people because that's still life experience but I also encourage people to find you know coaches and sh really short courses of people who they really feel like they mm. connect with and relate to and then to form their own sort of method totally from all of the things that you've done rather than just being like I use Stanislavski. Yeah. And yeah. that's what, what is I that? do. What is Stanislavski? I've got something to say about Stanislavski, <laughs> which is, does anyone play? I never play objectives. No. I don't think 
I have ever outside of training, Mm-mm. before I've acted, gone, hold on, what's my objective? To get you, to empower me, to get you. I yeah. don't think I've ever played an objective in my life. Can, yeah. we, can, can someone like <laughs> talk about that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I shit talk Meisner on the podcast all the time. Okay, great. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, Santosaski, I, I get it. Great. Huge contribution. Love it. Go off queen. But <laughs> at the same time, yeah, I think some of that, like you're saying, needs a bit of needs a bit of addressing. Yeah, it's like you can maybe one time you go, objectives help me today. Sure, and if they do, great. Yeah, but maybe tomorrow you're like, oh, it's not helping me again. And that's okay. Totally. Yeah, I think um, you've learned as you go on as an actor, it's all about just what you're kind of feeling on the day, Mm. in the moment, Mm. as like part of yourself. Because part of yourself is playing the character and doing the thing and so yeah we've gotten very deep on acting techniques which is because <laughs> i'm such a geek i'm sorry but yeah it's interesting I, I find it interesting it is interesting it's like you go down a rabbit hole of just totally, yeah totally. yeah so theater yes and the acting in theater i think yep. it's very interesting to talk about because it's so it's the same and it's very different to screen which is mm. more heavily what we have in australia mm-hmm. and in the world i I guess yep. that's a very broad statement and, you know, people are going to say you are wrong and that's fine. I might be wrong. <laughs> they can I'm say, okay, they I'm can okay say to be want. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so what is attractive to you about theatre, about acting in theatre, directing theatre? What is it about theatre that you enjoy? Great question. You know, for me, for me, and this is going to sound really um, <laughs> intense and maybe wanky, but I truly do feel like an ancient lineage <laughs> with with theatre and performing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know that sounds really um, kind of woo-woo, but, um, you know, just the idea of being in these communal spaces and every time the lights go out, everyone, you know, as a group kind of suspend disbelief and and watch these these stories unfold and just this ancient art of storytelling I don't know just it gets me and um I just uh, in, in my life there's just nothing like it you know mm. I just I just love it <laughs> yeah it's hard not to love yeah I went to see a musical recently which was like the first piece of theater I've seen since like 2020 I would say Mm. with all of the lockdowns and stuff like that and it was interesting how much I'd forgotten how impactful live theater can be to you like it can be about anything and you walk away having a new experience to add Mm. to your life I guess yeah yeah um that was really interesting and it's yeah I agree it's you you really can't get the same thing that theater offers from like a a movie or something Mm. like that it's yeah it's incredibly impactful um and I also enjoy as an actor the fact that you play out a storyline in like one one go and you're like oh okay from beginning to end i understand what the character's arc was yeah it is a luxury when you consider you know what we have to do in film and television yeah definitely that kind of playing out from beginning to end yeah yeah is a luxury and what made you want to direct theater 
Um, yeah, so essentially in the last few years since graduating, I've just, as I've said, diversified and um, gone into producing, directing and writing just as a means of expanding my abilities to tell stories and to be involved in the art of storytelling. Mm. Um, yeah, which I'm, I'm loving, you know, going down that, that path and, and exploring that. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And you've written plays as well, yes? Uh, I've written my first play uh, called The Italians um, has been programmed at Belvoir 25A at the end of the year. So that's happening in October. Wow, um, so much going on for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots happening at the same time, which is which is good, mm. which is good. Um, yeah, so the Italians is I've started a um, production company called Malocchio Productions, um, which is uh, the focus is on Italian Australian theatre and uh, film. And so, um, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about is continuing the legacy of Italian Australian. Uh, storytelling in this country, mm. which has kind of halted, you know, since the 90s. Um, so, yeah, that's something else I'm, I'm really a passion, passionate about doing. Mm, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's um, been so great to see in the last few years people really, like you, you know, going, because you are Italian-Australian, yes. going, this is what I'm passionate about and I really want to bring mm -hmm. a platform and a voice to that area of mm, the world whereas yeah. i feel like you know leading up to um in the years beforehand the 90s the 2000s and stuff i think we we're all trying to fit into mm -hmm. what was working and what we were told it's like you know if you're an actor you have to look like this you have yeah. to be like this that sort of thing or if you're a director these are the stories that are mm. selling at the moment and it's been really interesting and you always think like the the part of time that you're in is like revolutionary whereas like it it's hard to comprehend that there were also revolutionary times before that and there will be in the future and so you think mm. oh we're in the most revolutionary time <laughs> yeah, at the moment yeah. which we probably are or aren't but it's yeah it's just been really interesting mm. to see that exploration and to see everyone going yeah this is what we want of like what are the stories that haven't been told yet and mm. what are like we, we are such a diverse country. We are and we aren't. Um, and we have so many different stories. Mm. And so it's, yeah, I'm really glad that it's become interesting for people to see stories that they very specifically relate to on screen or on stage. And, mm. yeah, it's just, it's been great to watch. Yeah, ag agreed. And just a breadth of different stories is just it's only a good thing mm. you know if we just have like a homogenous kind of arc of one kind of set of stories it's just like well let me just see the same thing over and over again you know it's like yeah who the fuck wants to see that who's a who wants to watch thor again <laughs> not me i haven't seen the most recent one i haven't seen any of them and my oh, really? partner is really annoyed he's like oh no why because it's like you know it's kind of funny and i don't like superhero stuff uh, because it's that thing of like it's just the same yeah. story but slightly different with different characters yeah. and i understand that there's fandom behind it go off love it if you want like oh. but i just i watch it and i haven't seen a superhero movie that's made me go 
awesome. That was amazing. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. they've got massive budgets, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy know. the superhero phase right now. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's just fully in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, superheroes. Yeah. I wonder why. What is that? I don't know. What? Do you, what is that? I think it's just the classic. Everyone wants to see the hero win. Yeah, it's just an amplification of that. Yeah. That same kind of yeah mm-hmm. hero's journey kind of thing yeah maybe you're right yeah i don't know and like vampires and <laughs> and zombies like just these yeah. things that are like everywhere right now i know it's it's very bizarre although mind you i do love what we do in the shadows oh yeah yeah which Ooh, is yeah. just like the best and so the show on so binge at funny. the moment is oh yeah. it's so good yeah. that's like but i feel like that's taking the piss out of the whole vampire totally. genre it's, it's so clever thing so so funny yeah but um i forgotten i had something that i was gonna say about <laughs> <laughs> this always happens on podcasts is that you're like yeah yeah and you get you so get involved in the conversation yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you're like oh shit what was i gonna say but um, I guess what what is a thing um, when you are choosing works to do or that you're writing works that makes you choose that certain work? Is it because you feel like, you know, it's an experience that you've had or is it because you feel like you have something um, interesting to say about it? Um, what's your process with that? Yeah, I feel like for me, you know, as I go through my life, I, uh, in my everyday, I kind of, you know, I just have a kind of, uh, oh gosh, of course, I, I don't want to make this about psychotherapy, so I'll try <laughs> and not analyze myself. But, you know, like I have, as we all do, have a limited capacity to express the things that I want to express in my everyday life. And so for me, I feel like acting, writing, directing is the way that I can express the fullness of myself and the fullness of my thoughts and my feelings and how and how I experience the world and I feel like maybe one day if I could express that all through myself in my life maybe I wouldn't feel like I needed to express that Hmm. you know in the world of storytelling but for me that's the closest thing I can articulate in kind of understanding why I choose what to write or direct or or the or the projects to act in is it's just the it's the it's my desire to, you know, say the things that I want to say mm. that I might not be able to in my everyday life. Yeah. Was that, did I psychoanalyze myself? Not so much. Not as bad as no, I thought. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> well, what's interesting about our industry is that it's that thing of like, as you say, you know, you want to be able to choose the work that you feel like you have something to say and Mm. that it's you know relevant for you to play that character or to Mm. direct that thing Mm. or to write that thing but Mm. it's interesting because we also need to make money yeah yeah and we also you know you do get to a point where you're like i need to work again because i haven't worked in a while and i'm starting to think like i'm not gonna be the thing that i want to be and it's that weird kind of juggling of those things Mm. of like yeah i like I want to be able to choose the right work for me, but at the same time, sometimes we just have to mm. take work or to pursue work in order to work. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. And I feel like, you know, when I graduated uh, NIDA, I didn't really like kick off with the opportunities as an actor that I wanted to, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is not uncommon. And so, you know, 
thinking, right, well, I've got to create my own opportunities. I've got to be, you know, finding how, how I can tell the stories I want to tell and how I can keep creative. And that's writing, directing, producing. Um, and I feel like going down those paths has now led me to more meaningful employment as an actor that I don't think I would have had if I had have just been like, okay, like I'm really talented. Like <laughs> someone fucking hire me. You know what I mean? I mm. think it is like going down those paths that has now really tangibly led to like more meaningful um, employment as an actor. Interesting. Yeah. What were the things that you felt like you were getting just out of drama school that you would kind of then beat away from? Like acting opportunities. Mm. Well, it wasn't necessarily that I veered away from anything. It was just kind of like, you know, the kind of a, a, a limited amount of opportunities and the opportunities that I, that I was getting were kind of pretty meaningless, I mm. guess, you know? Yeah. Um, which again, is fine. You know, like as an actor, I'm not going to be like, oh, like I wouldn't do that. No, I'll do anything. You know what I mean? Like if I get paid, I'll... Well, I wouldn't do anything, but well, you know, yeah, for with the right reason. Price. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but it was more just like a, a lack of opportunities mm. that then, you know, as I started to create my own work, then those opportunities started to pop up. And there's really specific examples of like, so for example, <laughs> for example, this play that I wrote, I sent to a director who I really like. And I said, can you just read it and give me some feedback? And um, just tell me your thoughts. And he was like, I love it. I love it. Well done. Blah, blah, blah. And then he is directing a show at a major theater company next year, a one-person show. And he was like, I think maybe you might suit this. Do you want to audition? I was like, yeah, of course. And so now I got that role in what is li wow. literally like, I mean, I can't talk about it just yet, unfortunately. If this had happened like a few weeks <laughs> later, I could. I'm actually not allowed to talk <laughs> it's about actually, it. It's <laughs> actually, yeah, it's like, no. um, it's nothing like that. It just, the, the season hasn't launched yet, but it's literally like the most meaningful opportunity I've ever had in my life. And it's kind of something that I think about, you know, if I think about myself as like a teenager, you know, yeah. I'm just like, whoa, you get to tell that story? Like, fuck, dude. But that did not come through my agent. It did not come through the theater company. It came because I wrote a play and the director was like, oh, wait, you might suit this. And then it sorted itself out. You know what I mean? But I never would have got that opportunity if I hadn't gone down this other road to go, okay, I need to find a way to stay creative. So these things just, you know, they, they come back and they, and they kind of sort you out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. It's And I love hearing stuff like that because I think it just highlights to everyone listening that it's not about booking auditions mm. and then booking a role where then you go on to, you know, do the work that you want. It, there, it, it's like every day there can be one tiny mm. small thing that you do or that happens to you yeah. that can be the next step in your career. And it's, you know, you don't know what it's going to be and you can't right. try and like do those things out of like, this might be the thing that's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. You just have to do things intuitively that's right. that feel right for you and feel like, you know what, this is what I want to do. It's like yes. as simple as following someone on Instagram and messaging them being like, hey, you're awesome. I really liked your work without 
you know, thinking if I message them, they're going to cast me in something, mm, you know. Because you can see through that. Yeah. Hey. Oh, my, oh God. my God. You can. You can. It's, you can feel it when it when something has that, mm-hmm. when it has that kind of intention. And it's yeah. just like, Ugh. Yeah. But what you're talking about is, yeah, I totally agree. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's just, you know, and you sent that play to that director out of being true to yourself yeah. and being like, you know what? I like just throw caution to the wind and go, here's a play. And like just notes on the play would be great if Mm. you have the time and that's all you wanted out of it. That's it. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah. I think it's so important to present, you know, the, not the best version of yourself, but try and find what the um, kind of truest version of you is in Mm. terms of a creative and a person and present that to the world. And, you know, it seems that, when you do that, it, things can only go well for you because you get to meet the people who connect with that and That's respond right. well to that. Totally. Yeah. And someone who has a genuine connection to what you're interested in or what you're presenting to the world. And I feel like that was the problem when I left drama school. I was so desperate to be validated, mm-hmm. to be liked, to just, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm so talented. I've worked so hard. Like, grow up. No one cares. You know what I mean? Like, no one cares, but it's like, it's, I feel like it's only when you kind of shift into that space of being like, you know, when you just kind of back yourself and you're like, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I want to do. This is what I don't want to do. Then you just attract the right people and, mm-hmm. and things evolve from there. Oh, definitely. You, know, you, you can't constantly be going to other people with that, like, you know, validate me, like me, you know, Yeah. it's just not useful. No, and you try and mould yourself into yeah. what you think they're looking for. Oh my God, yes. Which is just like oh. you end up being just another cookie cutter yes. actor, which is not helpful. It's not helpful and it's not fun to do, mm. you know, for yourself. Yeah, but I think it's, I think all actors go through it. Well, the ones that don't are very lucky, but mm. I think all actors go through this period of going, well, I don't know who the main casting directors are in mm-hmm. Australia, yep. so I've got to get myself in front of them and get them to like me, and so that's how I'm going to get work. And that's all well and good, but it's also you usually in that mindset go to those people and it's that desperation of like, hey, I don't know, Stevie Ray, I'm here and (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do the audition. Ha ha. Like, let's get on. (laughs) Oh God. I feel so uncomfortable just hearing it. Like, yeah, it's so cringe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like fuck the casting directors. Like, you know, they're busy. They're, they're doing their job. You know, it's like, you can't be trying to like, you know, just you do your job, let them do their job. And then just, that's it. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, I think it's something that you never, like, it's a daily thought of like, okay, Mm. what do I want today? Mm. And like, literally today I was like, oh, what can I wear on the podcast? And Mm. my thought process Mm. sometimes is... You look great, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking for the compliment. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got it. You got it. You earned it. And now we can end here. (laughs) Um, No, it's just like, I was thinking, oh, like, do I want to wear this or that? And my, I had a thought of like... Well, Rachel, you can't wear something too revealing and like tight and, you know, look good because then that won't be marketable to a wider audience. Right. And then I was kind of like, and not that I'm wearing anything really tight, but um, I just thought, why, why am I having that thought? Why am I thinking like, 
you know, what I want to wear is who I truly am as a person. And so yeah, yeah, if yeah. people are going to not listen to the podcast because they're like, oh, wow, she put makeup on and she's not like plain and relatable. Like, I don't want to listen to that. Then that's fine. And so like, it's just the daily thing of going, okay, it's okay to be me and to mm. shine as brightly as yeah, I want to. <laughs> shine as brightly as you want to. But it's like, it's nerve wracking sometimes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not an yeah. easy thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, you look great and I look Thank like you. a third AD. No. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a third AD. don't. But I look like one today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we should talk about your play that's happening at the <laughs> I moment. guess we should. I mean, yes. you know, we'll just touch on it. <laughs> no, no. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. So you're currently directing Tom at the farm that's at it. KXT. You got the title right. Most yeah. people are like Tom on the farm, Tom from the farm. Oh, really? Tom with the farm. but you, <laughs> Tom and the farm. Yeah, those prepositions, they'll get you, but you nailed it. Oh, Tom good. at the farm. Tom at the farm, which yes. is such an interesting story when i read yeah. it i well when i read the description of the play mm. i said to my partner you've got to listen to this this sounds really interesting <laughs> it as a is. play it is. which is just like so um i you can explain what sure. it is about because you'll do it way better than i can <laughs> <laughs> so the basic storyline for tom at the farm is uh tom is a young man who lives in montreal and his boyfriend suddenly dies unexpectedly he goes to his boyfriend's uh, family home, which is a farm in rural Ontario. And when he gets there, he says, hi, I'm Tom. And his, the deceased mother says, I don't know who Tom is. And then pretty quickly we learn that not only did uh, the deceased um, not tell his family who Tom was, but also that he wasn't gay, which is kind of the inciting incident of the play. And it escalates really, really quickly into really this life and death battle for the truth. And it's extreme, it's violent, it's sexually charged, and it's very, very, very sad. <laughs> so come and see it. Yeah. It's also funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's just like it's, you know, 90 minutes of just... The, the most kind of extreme parts of grief and love and yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful text. So what, what first drew you to wanting to direct it? Well, I'm a big fan of Xavier Dolan, the filmmaker, uh, an actor, and he actually made an uh, adaptation for screen of mm. Tom at the Farm. Yep. So I, I'm a huge fan of Xavier Dolan's work. So I'd seen all his films. And then when I saw Tom at the Farm, I was like, oh my God, it's based on a play. So then I went and read the play when I was at NIDA. Actually, I borrowed it from the library and I was like, damn, I want to do this. And then just over the last few years, starting to, you know, things coming together. And then I was like, great, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what drew me to the story is... Um, you know, it's at the at the heart of the story. It's about the it's about the erasure of a of a queer man, of a young gay man. So this man who dies in the play, we actually don't ever get his name in the play, and I think it's a really 
challenging, beautiful story about truth and about the kind of sadness of um, queer people all around the world who don't get to live their truth. Mm. And this young man lives and dies not being able to um, live his truth. You mm. know? And, his, and his, family don't, his family don't know who he is. And one of the last kind of, in the second last scene, in the penultimate scene, his mom says to the other characters, who was my son? And it just like breaks my heart to think that, you know, this, this character never knew her son and now, you know, and, and, and he dies so young. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can't speak about it too much. I'll start crying. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so sensitive. Um, but no, it's, it's a really beautiful story and it's also so theatrical, like it's theater, you know, the way that it's structured, the way that it's plotted, the characters journeys are huge. Mm. It kind of defies what we're willing as an audience to accept as kind of like a naturalistic progression of events, you know? Mm. So, yeah, that's Tom of the Farm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do go and see it. <laughs> but Come it's also heavy. It. <laughs> it's heavy, but it's also funny as well. Okay. It's also very darkly funny. Okay. Yes. Well, I love dark humor. So. Yes, very dark humor indeed. Yeah. It's yep. interesting that you say that you read it when, you know, you were around Nida times yeah. and that it's taken years to kind of go. Yeah the process of getting it up and running. And I think it just highlights that thing of like in our industry, things take a lot of time Oh God, yeah. and it's hard to not feel like it's not going to happen when it is taking time. Yep. You know, when you, I think you can write a short film and film that within the year, but mm. so rarely is that the process for anything else. Yeah. And I think, you know, from, um, my experience of doing series and stuff like that and being in development for years. Mm. It's just like, and it is hard to not feel like, oh, okay, am I actually progressing as mm. a creative? Mm. Is this going to happen? Because it just takes years and years. And when people ask you, oh, what are you doing? And you're like, still thinking about this play, totally. <laughs> trying to get it up. It's hard. It's mm. a really hard process. But I think putting that amount of time into it and thought into it means that the, you know, why you're putting it on and the meaning of the play really shines through because you've put that time in. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. it is hard. Yeah. And things happen, in, things happen when they happen, you know. It's like mm. timing and the universe, like it, it'll just sort itself out. But... I think it's also, you know, like being ready to do something as well. Yeah. Like I might read the play and go, yes, like I, I fucking love this. But, you know, like it's scary. Like it, it scared me a lot, the the play and the, the idea of directing it. So it wasn't until I kind of felt like I could do it, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just, I don't know. How do I summarize that? The universe, timing. <laughs> <laughs> When things are ready, they'll happen. Yeah, definitely. What was your experience like going from being an actor to then, you know, being a director and a writer and having to cast people? Like, how was that for you? Because I think sometimes it can be a little daunting to go from being on one side of the table or the camera Mm. to the other side and um, you get to see everything through a completely different lens. But, you know... When I've had to cast things, I felt a little bit like, 
should I be doing this? Right. Yeah. But that's on, that's only me. I'm not saying that you felt yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah, how was that for you? It's a pretty natural process for me moving into directing. Like I feel quite at ease. Um, I'm definitely, you know, like I'm definitely, because I'm an actor, I'm on the actor's side. Mm. And I consider their performances um, not only their responsibility, but my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if the performances are are not rocky and rolling if they're not working then that's that's my responsibility that's not you know i can't just say well you know you're an actor fix it yeah which i think is very useful and (laughs) and and sometimes um uncommon but anyway i won't go into that um but in terms of auditions um you know for example tom at the farm you know we had like 40 minute slots where actors came in in pairs so that's a fair amount of time for an audition and I didn't want anyone to come in and feel like they had to kind of like five six seven eight like here's what I can do you know like here's my my best acting because I don't think that's useful like you come into an audition you're nervous I mean I'm sorry we're probably always nervous in auditions right yeah or some degree of kind of adrenaline or whatever and so for me like I wanted to create like a rehearsal space where it's like I'm not positioning myself as like the knower of everything, but let's just sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's between, you know, this group of people, let's find what's working and let's just do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love actors. And so audition process is, is a, a very kind of rewarding time experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I, you know, would say that all of us feel nervous going into auditions and I think we all try and play that game of like I'm not nervous because I've done this a million times and I'm an actor but I think we all yeah as you say there is an element of adrenaline but Mm. I one thing that I try and do with myself is you know that classic thing of like oh nerves is the same thing as excitement and so you just change the word in your head to excitement and it does help but you know it yeah as you say you don't necessarily see the best of that actor Mm. in the audition room, but that's okay. As long as you see Mm. the person that the actor is and whether that is the person who relates to that character, Mm. well, you know, the best or well enough, then Mm. that's Mm. the most important thing. And so that's why we say, you know, go into the audition room and do something different but the different thing is just being yourself because no one is you oh yeah so yeah totally the other thing i learned about through this process in terms of auditions is literally actors come in and they start to solve the character and they start Mm. to solve the play for you like that's what happens yeah all of the pieces and everyone's choices start to solve the character for you so I, i mean you know it's just phenomenal and I guess that's also something to think about as an act and something I'll think about is well like how am I solving this character because that's so useful for a director to be like oh like oh that's it well now I understand that character because of the choice you made Mm. you know what I mean yeah Mm. but sometimes they go in completely different directions and you're like yep Great that you thought that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for making a strong choice. <laughs> now 
well, let's do mm-hmm. the thing as it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yes, totally. and. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. exactly. Um, I'm curious to know about like from a very technical and like business perspective, yeah. how does one take a play and then get it put up in a theatre? Because yep. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people and we had a producer on on a previous episode mm-hmm. talk about how you get funding for a film. And I think people are just like that information just isn't out there mm. for creatives. You don't don't get told like, hey, if you have a play, this is how you yep. get it put up. So how does one take a play and then get it into a theater like KXT? Yeah. Um, so unfortunately there's not too many independent theaters in Sydney. Mm. Um, there's a bit of a shortage in this um, city, which is a real shame, but we have, you know, we have a few, we have KXT, we have, um, 25A at Belvoir, which is a cura- curated season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the old fits, um, and there's flat path theater. There's a couple of others, um, essentially for all of these, uh, independent theaters, you would pitch your production and your play and if it's successful you get a slot in the year and each of the theaters will have different um arrangements so for example um at 25a where the italians is playing you know you get the theater for free you get to use the rehearsal rooms at belvoir so that's a really really great opportunity because you can maximize the amount of profit you can make on ticket sales Mm. and you can maximize the amount you're going to pay people um in terms of funding did you ask about funding uh how do you fund theater (laughs) that's a great question and it's really really challenging there are ways you can apply for grants um australian council um create new south wales um there's also the australian cultural fund where you can um crowdfund and then to be honest a lot of independent theater is there's just not enough funding yeah so a lot of independent theater is self-funded and then in that case what needs to happen is the budget needs to be you know um, constructed in a certain way that uh it's you make profit Mm. from the ticket sales and so that's how you pay people on a profit share arrangement yeah that's the most common way that it's done yeah so when you're pitching the idea to the theaters yep i guess it must be hard because you know you can pitch a show and they're like nope and then you go cool what do (laughs) i do now (laughs) totally so it is it must be a hard process to go through and to and it's the same with when you're pitching, you know, film or um, a series mm. or something like that. Yeah. And so I guess it's, you have to have a strong why for yes. why you want to do that show. Yes. Not just because it's like, oh, it's Chekhov. Oh, oh brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's Chekhov. <laughs> um, yeah, you absolutely do have to have um, a really clear um, perspective in your pitch and I think for example the Italians part of the reason why that got programmed is because in the upstairs theatre at Belvoir at the time is um, looking for Ella Brandy mm-hmm. and so we pitched kind of the Italians um, having a really good synergy with looking for Ella Brandy so that it was like quite a cohesive um, programming moment mm-hmm. um, 
for Balboa. And so that's part of the reason why that work nestled with uh, looking for Alibrandi is going to be, you know, uh, a great kind of moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you really do have to have a clear why. And because, uh, yeah, there's just there's, there's so many there's not enough spaces and there's so many great ideas and plays and artists. So, yeah, gotta yeah. be really clear on that. Yeah, and like as you just said, you need to be clear on why it's marketable. Oh, because yes. like even though we go, ah, oh, like I want to direct a play and I think I'd be really good at it, yep. and this yep. one's funny, you still need to realize it's a business. Exactly, and you need to have a reason as to why it's marketable. Whether it's because you have a really famous actor attached, yep. Yep. or yep whether it is a um, very relevant story at the yeah. time, or as you say, it kind of goes really well in the program that they've already formed. It's, yep. And that comes with time and learning from people, oh, you know. Yes. It's not something that you get out of drama school and you go, I know how to market <laughs> things. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you got to know who the audience is going to be. And I think that's something that I've learned the hard way um, over the last five years. And I don't think I would produce something now that I didn't think was marketable mm. and wouldn't find an audience, even if I think it's the best story, the most incredible play that I've ever read. I just wouldn't produce something if I didn't think it could find an audience because then what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Is it just because you're like wanting to get your face out there or wanting to get your name as a yeah. director out there that's yeah. kind of it yeah yeah totally so. and you can do that really like if you just want to like do a play with some mates or you just i mean you can just you know get the rights and stage it for like five bucks a ticket with no set in mm -hmm. someone's in, in a, like a warehouse you know what i mean like you can, yeah. you can do that really affordably if that's yeah. what you want to do and i've seen some theater like that and it's been sick mm. um but yeah you gotta have a reason you gotta you gotta know who the audience is going to be um, otherwise, you, yeah, you just won't make money, and and what's the point? If you, if you, if you can't if you can't <laughs> yeah. cover your costs, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, and you yeah. can't and you can't pay anyone for their time, you know, then it's like, well, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, trying to um, once you do that community theatre step, then you want to go up the next step, mm. and you can't keep doing that no. and progressing in your career if you're just doing the same sort of work over and over again you have to develop it from like a creative perspective but also from a yeah. you know you need to start doing work which charges more and yeah yeah that it's sort of thing yeah 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 totally yeah well danny thank you so much for being on the podcast today i really thank appreciate you, you thanks coming. for having me no worries you were building sets before <laughs> you got here and you're like of course i'll take time out yes exactly um no thanks for having me rachel it's been it's been fun it's been a pleasure oh i'm glad well i'll put the info down in the description of the podcast nice, um for nice. your play um do you have anything that you want to plug before we go You'll come and see Tom of the Farm at King's Cross Theatre and then in October, come yes. and see The Italians mm -hmm. at Belvoir 25A. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, Danny, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel.